This is Transistor.fm. Hi, I'm Justin, and this is Product People, the podcast focused on great products and the people who make them. And this week, I have Ruben Gamez on the show. He's bootstrapped his product, BidSketch, while working for the man. And we'll get into that in a minute. But first, let me thank a few people who make the show possible. Joe Stump over at Sprintly has been a sponsor forever. If you want to bring transparency and sanity to your development process, you should really try Sprintly out. It's agile project management that actually works. Uh, I've been using it for a couple of years now, and uh, I prefer it to everything else I've tried. Uh, instead of a disorganized backlog, you know, you'll know exactly where each task sits and who's responsible. You can try it for free, www.sprint.ly. And then you get a 10% off with this coupon code, ProductPeopleTV2013. Next up, if you're creating an application that needs charts or a dashboard, I'd recommend Fusion Charts. It's a JavaScript charting solution trusted by developers around the world. They have tons of interactive, interactive and animated charts with advanced features like tooltips, drill down, chart export, and zoom. Charts work across PCs, Macs, iPads, iPhones, and Android devices. You can download a free trial at FusionCharts.com. And after all that, hey, Ruben, how's it going? All right, pretty good. How's it going? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Now, and you're, you're in Washington now, is that right? Yeah, Spokane, Washington. Spokane. And have you been there for quite a while? About two years now. We're, we like it, but uh, not sure about the city. So we're probably maybe in another year or two looking to move to uh, Portland or Seattle. Interesting. Are, are you guys like into the city life? Like you, you'd like to be in like somewhere kind of funky like Portland? Is that the idea? We, we don't go to the city much, actually. Um, we, we like to be close to it, like maybe 20 minutes away from it. Yeah. We like all the outdoor stuff. So we're, we're okay here. It's just that whenever we go to the city, there's not much going on here. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Like we like hiking and, you know, skiing and all that stuff. Right on. Right on. Well, you should move to where I'm at. Where's that? British Columbia, Vernon, BC, right in the Okanagan. There's, uh, that's exactly why we moved here is uh, to be around hiking and skiing and all that stuff. But there's lots of good, there's lots of good spots around where you're, you're at too. Yeah, it's not bad. (laughs) So, um, today we're going to talk about BidSketch and uh, maybe let's just start by having you explain what is BidSketch? What is, what is it? Sure, it's a web app used by freelancers, consultants, and agencies to create uh, client proposals. So it's pretty pretty focused on that. And what was why did you build it? What was the uh, kind of motivation behind it? Well, I hmm, I actually was building another product at the time. Um, I was working at. A, my day job and I was looking to build a product. I was kind of bored of that uh, product. It just, you know, the subject uh, area wasn't very interesting to me. It was uh, test case management. Okay. Um, And so there was a friend who uh, for the first time was going to meet a client. So I was sort of talking him through the proposal process. I went online to to, uh, search for, you know, something to help them out with that. 
I found something uh, like a plugin to Word, which I thought was interesting. So I looked for a web app and I couldn't find anything. And at that point, I, I thought, oh, this is, you know, I can't believe there isn't a web app that does this, right? There are invoicing apps and, and all that stuff. Um, so that sort of gave me the idea to at least check into like demand and see if uh, I might want to build it. Yeah. Let's back up just a bit. Why were you even like you you mentioned you were full time? Why were you even building products at all? Like what what was behind that? So I probably I started to build, I don't know, like five, six, seven products before in, in the past. And um, I never I don't think I ever finished any of them. I just would start to build something, uh, get excited about something else, and then you know, or get distracted by a new language or something else, and, and just not finish, right? So uh, I was never serious about it for a long time. I would just kind of see the products that my company or you know other places that I, that I had worked for would pay for, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and thought, well, I could build something better, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, not not knowing what's involved on the marketing side, I was just at that point strictly thinking about the technical side of things. Gotcha. So, so you're you're a developer, right? Right. So and so my development background. Okay, so you're a developer, and you'd be sitting in your office, and you'd be thinking, you'd see something, and you'd be like, I can build that better. And the the interest for you at that moment was just building something better and getting paid for it. Oh, okay. Um, because I, I would see how much money they, they would spend on these on these uh, products, right? And I'd say, wow, there's, they're paying this much money for a CMS. For this CMS, it's not even that good. Um, you know, but at that point, like I said, I wasn't I wasn't serious enough to, to finish uh, building those products. It wasn't until later, till uh, I almost started BitSketched where I started to get more serious about it, and I started to read like marketing books and stuff like that. And um, at that point, it was because I was really unhappy with the job. Mm. Right. So that was kind of the like prior to that, you were interested in pursuing these things, both for you know you're thinking about making the money, but also for the technical challenge. But you didn't really get serious until you were kind of unhappy where you were. Right, it, and it wasn't just like unhappy with a job, just unhappy with having a job. It just, mm. you know, wasn't for me, and actually never, never was for me. Um, I was thinking about this the other day. I just somehow kind of fell asleep and started off on this path that just was never really my own path, right? Just like doing the things that you're supposed to do. Just like get a job, start, start getting promoted, start, you know, Years later, I looked, you know, I looked at what I was doing, and I realized that I didn't like what I did, and you know, I was wondering how uh, how did I let myself get to this point, right? Mm -hmm. do you, what do you think it is about that? Because I I wonder about that. You know, there's there's probably a lot of folks that feel that way. You know, that feel like you know maybe that they'd like to go and do something on their own. But sometimes I wonder, like, how much of that is them just not happy in their job and maybe they could find another job that would be better? Mm -hmm. um, what do you think is the difference between someone that, you know, could just find a better job and someone that is actually kind of set out to build and launch their own thing? I don't, I don't know what the difference is. I just know that, like, I, I knew that I could – the way that I thought about it was, was this way um, – 
I knew that even if I got another job, I'd still be working for somebody else and I would still encounter all these different problems that came with that, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and that just wasn't satisfying to me. I wasn't learning as much anymore. Mm -hmm. And like new technical challenges weren't going to do it for me. Yeah. Right? Um, you know, so just the thought of getting a new job, even if it was better, a lot better in, and new and all this stuff, just wasn't going to fix anything. There's, you know, there's no, nothing that could be fixed by getting a new job. And I also, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess that was it. It was, you know, mainly that. I just, I didn't feel that uh, a new job would fix anything for me. Plus, I also uh, purposely actually stayed in a job that uh, I was unhappy with to <laughs> make sure that I stayed motivated while building the product. Gotcha. Gotcha. And and how long was this process? Like, when, when did you start trying to build products? And then when did you eventually uh, quit your job? So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, th there's like products that I that I played around with, right? That I, I wouldn't even call them real products, right? Those I would call projects. Mm -hmm. So like the very first product, something that I was truly serious about building was, was that uh, test case management tool. And that was really just a few months before I got the idea for BidSketch. And I, by that point, I was just kind of I wasn't, yeah, I just wasn't excited about the tool. And I, I'm not one of these people that, that say, well, you have to uh, you know, do something that you're passionate about and all this stuff, right? Mm -hmm. um, at the same time, I think you have to find something that kind of excites you about what you're doing, mm -hmm. right? Like, I don't know, for me, um, managing test plans and all, it was just ridiculously boring. Yeah, so, yeah. So I was looking for something else to do, right? Um, yeah. So it was just a matter of months between, uh, like, starting that product and then starting on BidSketch. And uh, by the, I think after I launched BidSketch, maybe about a year later, because for a lot of reasons, but actually maybe a little bit less than that. I actually spent, like, six months or eight months building it and then scrapped all of my work and started over again. Wow, why'd you do that? Because uh, when I initially started building BidSketch, I started building it in the language that would be hard for me to hire people in. Not because it would be hard for me to hire people in it, but yeah. because my background was Java, right? Yeah. So um, I wanted to play around with Groovy. So I wanted. So basically, it was just like, okay, I want to learn this. Uh, yeah. This uh, language and. I wanted to learn uh, Grails, which was like similar to Rails, right? But yeah, Java-based. Uh, and basically, uh, I realized at one point that if I wanted to hire help, it was going to be really hard to hire developers uh, that I could afford to to just help me with that. With the sorry, with the Ruby app, or was it a Ruby app? app on the on the technical side, no, it was not a Ruby app. So oh, okay, that's what I well, that's that's what I. Uh, started when I scrapped everything and started it all over. Mm -hmm. I started it as a Rails app because it's really easy to find Rails developers. Right? Gotcha. It's a lot harder to find Grails uh, developers. Right. right. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, plus, I was, you know, progress was super slow, right? Um, I was at a crappy job, so 
sometimes those jobs, even though you're, they're not physically exhausting, right? You're, you're, you're um, tiring. You're, you're exhausted by the time you get out, right? Yeah. And you just want to just get home and not do much. Yeah. Uh, right. And it's hard to, to get to, to work, right? So I was working. I'd get get off of work and then I'd spend like three or four hours a night. Uh, and then I'd spend like a Saturday or maybe a, you know a few hours uh, on Sunday working. So I was wow. working all the time, um, but it wasn't easy. And after several months of doing that, because I was doing the de the design, I was doing the development, I was uh, doing marketing like SEO, writing blog posts, like everything, right? Uh, and doing it as a part-time effort uh, just was going slow and what. Keeping uh, myself going was just getting tougher and tougher. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that was kind of why I started over to because it was an awesome feeling once I did, and I hired. I didn't have a lot of money. Yeah, I spent maybe a total of like three thousand dollars or so outsourcing some of the work, but it was awesome when I, uh, you know, get get home from work or wake up in the morning and there was you know new code uh, written. Right, like yeah, was being made while I was sleeping or while I was working. So this was kind of a turning point for you. We should probably stay here for a little bit because I think this is something a lot of people struggle with: is that you know they're they're working full time, and even that that image you you just explained, you know that co cognitive load of being at a job all day and having even if it's you know not maybe not a difficult job, there's just the weight of that thing. And they get home and they're tired and and so what was yeah, it? Sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say, you know that that really gets me because sometimes I like even though I felt like that, I still did work. I still mm -hmm. did it right. I still took action. I don't feel that enough people do that, right? Not enough like, people, people take action, know, right? You know, because there are a lot of things about that that so. I feel great when I'm learning new things. And when I would get home and have to write a blog post or do something, the SEO side, that was cool because I was learning and that was fun. And that was easier to do. Mm -hmm. But when I was writing code or doing design or whatever, that wasn't new to me. Uh, so it just felt like more like work, right? Yeah. And it was harder to get into the mindset to just feel motivated to do it. But I still did it. Um, like for me, one thing that worked really well was just – uh, I, I, you know, on the days that it was really bad and I had to do something boring, I'd say, I'd, I'd tell myself, okay, just do 10 minutes worth of work. And then I can, you know, have the night off. Like play video games all night or do whatever, you know, yeah. whatever I want. Um, and almost all of the time that I did that, I'd, you know, do five or 10 minutes worth of work, I'd keep going because it was just hard. To, you know, I'd start to get into a flow and it was just hard to stop. Yeah, I like that. That's a good kind of technique, I think. Um, and you've kind of brought up two things. One is that this isn't going to be easy. Like there was a lot of hard work involved in what you're talking. I mean, three hours a night and then all day on Saturday. That's that's a lot of work. And um, so I I think in one side you're saying people have to expect hard work, right? Right, right. It's yeah. You you have to put in the work. Period. Right. And on the other hand, there's this idea of um, <laughs> of boring work. This has actually been this is kind of timely because there's a lot of things, kind of uh, blog posts and things 
people talking about boring work. And uh, I like that idea of saying, okay, I'm just going to do 10 minutes and then I'm done. But that 10 minutes gets you started, doesn't it? Right. For me, it worked really well. You have to know yourself, right? Um, sometimes if it was really bad, I'd, I'd stop at 10 minutes and be like, okay, that's it. You know, and then play <laughs> video games or whatever, right? But most of the time, that wouldn't happen. Most of the time, I would continue continue working because it was just hard for me to stop, like, in the middle of something, right? Mm-hmm. Just because I said it was 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, yeah that, that would work pretty well. And and once you turned the corner and, and you scrapped everything, you started again. Mm-hmm. How did that change things? Like, how did that did that change your motivation? Uh, I mean, were you st- still working, you know, three hours a night and on Saturdays? Yeah, I was. I was on different things. Maybe I think I, w- I was putting in more time on the marketing side and I was reading more, um, which was cool. Uh, but it was, like I said, it was just really great to see work get done. Plus, I was also learning to hire people, uh, fire them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, you know, had to let go uh, a few people, especially when I, when you're not paying that much, the quality work is kind of questionable. Yeah. Um, and, you know, managing uh, people in other countries, right, in different time zones and, and stuff like that. So that was kind of new, uh, but it was, it was cool. It was nice learning that and super useful. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, I was also outsourcing. Like, I wasn't just outsourcing code or design. I was outsourcing anything that would take time, right? So one example is, like, we had a vacation coming up in Orlando. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I lived in South Florida at, at, at the time. Uh, and I looked at the weather, and it was going to be raining. I was like, oh, okay, well, like, what do we do while it's raining? What do we, you know, um, there's a bunch of stuff that I guess I can look up online or whatever. Um, I just... Uh, sent in uh, a research request to to a VA to have them look, you know, give me a list of a bunch of things to do, right? Gotcha. Stuff like that. Because uh, I could have done it myself. It's not hard, right? But I would have spent, what, an hour doing that when I could have been writing code or, or, you know, writing another blog post or doing something like that. Yeah. Okay, this is the trap I get into. You need to teach me your ways right now. Because I, I'm the consummate uh, lone wolf do-it-yourselfer. And I know like I know that there's things like Odesk and all that that, that, that can allow you to go and outsource and get, find people. And I've made it to the point where I've browsed for things uh, on Odesk. For example, I, I needed some illustration work. And I just felt like, oh, this is just... This is overwhelming, <laughs> just looking at all these people and that whole front-loading of the process. So guide me through that. Like, give me some hope. What, what, are, what are some things I could do to stop being this, this person that's doing everything himself and offload some of that to uh, some hired help? So I guess I'd start off by asking, like, what felt overwhelming about it? I think the it always almost feels like it's easier to um, like, I would start to play the script in my head. Like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to have to find this person. I'm going to have to go through a bunch of, uh, you know, people's profiles. Then I'm going to have to contact them. Then I'm going to have to explain to them what it is I want them to do. And then I'm going to have to, you know, choose somebody. And then it just like all that front loading communication. And, and I was thinking in my head, well, but I could just 
do this in do this really quickly. Yeah. yeah, in two or three hours. Um, so I think that's the part that I always get stuck on is, especially when you're doing stuff on the side, you kind of feel like, do I want to spend three hours browsing Odesk and figuring that out? <laughs> or do I want to spend three hours working on the business? Well, I think I I think I would think about it differently. Like, I think about it in a way where I'm saying, okay, I want to have a relationship with with somebody, a virtual assistant or something like that, that can do work as needed, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not like for every single one of these projects or tasks, you know, that may take an hour, a couple of hours. I'm finding somebody new. That would be exhausting. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'd. I'd say, okay, well, I only have one thing to do right now, or maybe two two things that are about, you know, two tasks that are about an hour, two hours. But I know that I'm still going to, you know, uh, come up with new things, you know, maybe you know, a week from now or a month from now, whenever. Um, so I want to find one person that I can give these sorts of tasks to. There are mm -hmm. people that will take that sort of work, right? Just, mm -hmm. They'll say. Whenever, um, whenever you have something, go ahead and send it to me, and I'll and I'll do it for you. Uh, they don't need like a guaranteed five hours. Some do, but many don't, right? And so I start thinking about it just differently, and then I I do it in a way that makes it so that I'm not spending a whole bunch of time browsing. And this is the way that I do it. I don't spend generally all this time browsing profiles. Yeah. I post something, right? Yeah. And then I I I filter. I just do a really good job of filtering uh, the responses. Gotcha. And maybe that's the mistake I made as I was looking for an illustrator. So I was browsing profiles, but I should have just gone and, and posted a, an ad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, browse, uh, browsing through profiles, I don't do that unless it's the last resort. It takes so freaking long. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, I, if, you know, I, it's tough. It's tough to find somebody if you do it that way because it does take a long time. And I think the other kind of script people have in their heads is that they're never going to be able to find anyone good, anyone that they can actually trust and depend on. Uh, maybe just talk about your experience. Like, have you found people that you can actually send work to? Like, you can email them and they'll get back to you and, and get stuff done? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I've found, I've found a, a lot of people. Uh, not everybody is good. So generally what, what I'll do is I'll post a project or a job, right, or a need for a certain type of person, or, you know, position or whatever on Odesk, and then I'll get a bunch of people responding. Uh, I only look at, let's say, four stars and better, right, yeah. because I want to see that they have a history. Um, and then depending on, you know, if I'm looking for certain people in uh, certain uh, time zones, then uh, I filter based off of that. Um, I ask them to answer a question, right? So if in their initial response there, they haven't answered, you know, the question or the couple of questions that I asked for, uh, it's easy to filter them out. Mm -hmm. um, so then that really doesn't, you know, you, t you take maybe, uh, I don't know, like 60 responses and, and get it down to like, 10 or, you know, or less. Um, then what I've done lately is actually, depending on the on the job, I give them, uh, like I'll email them back, I'll give them a link to a Google form and I ask them questions about the job. Basically, uh, like if it's a help desk job uh, to do support or something like that, I'll mm -hmm. ask them uh, to log into the app, use it for a little bit, 
and then answer these questions. Like I'm a customer and, and I, I need support, right? So gotcha. I basically try, I try them out in the, in that's the way that I, I approach it nowadays is I try to see how they, you know, react or communicate uh, performing the job. Yeah. Right? And this is all before you've paid them, right? Like this is right. the initial part. Okay. Yep. And then even after, you know, like I narrow it down and say, okay, I have like two or three people. I hire two or three people. Right? Yeah. And I say uh, for the next two weeks, like I just did this on the development front. I do this on the support front. I do this like for, for anything you can do. It. Yeah. Uh, for the next two weeks, uh, let's work together. Uh, and then after two weeks, we'll talk about whether it makes sense to continue working together. Then generally, it's after that two-week period, I'm working with, let's say, two people. Um, I know that one of them uh, I want to continue to work with and the other one I don't. Gotcha. And so and you do that purposefully. Like if right. it, you might hire a couple people, try them both out, and then kind of choose the one that's kind of the best fit. Right. And let them know that this is what's going on so that they're not surprised right after the two-week period that I'm letting them go. Gotcha. Gotcha. And and how responsive are these folks? Like, do you can you email them and get stuff done right away? Or, you know, what, what kind of um, lead time do you need to give people? Uh, it really depends on the person. Uh, if you say that you need somebody to be very responsive within the first few hours, then they can be. Like, it's pretty, it's amazing um, how like what you can get uh, if the type of job that you're working, uh, that you're offering, or not even a job, but let's say um, you just tell them that the person, like uh, you just, how should I say this? If you post your job in a way that makes it very appealing to them, then they're just, you're gonna get better people and they'll be more, more likely to, to be more responsive and do more for you. That's it for this week. Next week, part two with Ruben Gamez. He goes into the specifics of how you can hire folks on Odesk and achieve that product dream that you have. Thanks again to our sponsors, Sprintly and Fusion Charts. Go visit Sprintly, www.sprint.ly and Fusion Charts, fusioncharts.com. I'm Justin. You can reach me on Twitter at MIJustin or by email, productpeople at bizbox.ca. If you like the show, go to iTunes, search for Product People in the podcast directory, and give us a five-star review. It really helps the show get noticed. That's it for this week. I'll see you next week with part two. Podcast hosting is provided by Transistor.fm. They host our MP3 files, generate our RSS feed, provide us with analytics, and help us distribute the show to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. If you want to start your own podcast or you want to switch to Transistor, go to Transistor.fm slash Justin and get 15% off your first year.